a lot of people are frustrated because they aren't seeing the results. Anybody honest? Like, I want to see some spiritual results. The reason people quit praying is because they don't see their prayer works. The reason we don't fast enough is because we don't see that fasting works. But if we could see that our spiritual disciplines are working, then possibly we will be committed. And I can't speak for anybody else, but this year, (laughs) I pitch on purpose. This year, 2023, I want to experience it. I don't want to just post about it. I don't want to just read about it. I don't even want to just repost it. I'm so grateful for what God is doing in your life, ma'am, and your life, sir. But I want to experience the blessings of God in my life personally. This year, I want to experience it. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to experience it. And what if I told you that the way that you and I are going to experience the blessings of God, the favor of God, is it all starts with your routine. With your routine. The gym is packed today. (laughs) Church is packed today. We already have people in overflow. It's packed today, but how will it look in May? (laughs) How will it look in June? My brother said that part, though. (laughs) How will it look then? I want to deal with our routine. So I want to do a lot of teaching so that we could understand this because if you're tired of having seasons mirror one another, if you're tired of not seeing the fruit of your labor, if you're tired of falling for counterfeits, if you're tired of entertaining distractions, if you're tired of staying in seasons longer than you have to, you're going to have to have a routine. So God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to cross over and experience a new year, a year we never saw before and one that we will never see again. And Father, we are praying and petitioning. Please let this year be the year of massive growth spiritually. We thank you, God, for giving us a fresh 365. Your mercy truly endureth forever. And this time, God, I know we possibly have said it before, but this time, God, we want to experience your presence, breathe on us, have us have a Holy Spirit encounter, not just on January 1st, but for the rest of our lives. We're asking that you do it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout in the room, amen. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I would like to start this sermonic journey off by telling you a little story. I, I grew up in a household where my parents were strong advocates for cleanliness. They just love things clean. The way my mom makes up a bed, it looks like a bed that belongs in the department store of gallery furniture, like the showroom. Perfect. Carpet, the lines. Like, you didn't vacuum if they're not the lines there. She had to teach me to vacuum. I would vacuum the floor. There are no crumbs. She said, it's not right. There has to be the lines there. Immaculate, excellent cleanliness, no dishes in the sink, no trash flowing over, like the, the floor is spit shine, it's just everything is clean and immaculate. And this was my childhood. <laughs> I grew up in this particular household, and I'll never forget this. It changed my life. I'll never forget this. Two weeks after graduating from college, 
with my first degree, BA. I went to Texas Southern University. And I was up pretty late on a Friday night. But don't judge me, though, because I was in Hutto, Texas, doing a youth conference. Fresh out of college, I had about 200 college students and 200 high school students, and we all up there, we on the shame, yeah, we on the shame. We're all hyped for Jesus. I'm preaching, and I get home about 3 a.m., so technically, I'm tired from doing the Lord's work, okay? <laughs> My mom had the audacity. Remember, what time did I get in? Three, okay. She had the audacity. The nerve to come in my room at 8 in the morning on some, get up, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Now, I love the Lord, hallelujah. God is great, he's awesome. Um, but what time did I go to bed? Three, okay. <laughs> I went to bed at 3 o'clock, and she's coming in there clapping, talking about, Jerry, your room looks filthy. You, you need to get up and clean this room. Look at this. I didn't raise you like this, son. Look at all of this stuff on the floor. Now, I don't love sleep, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> um, I do need it. Could you imagine if you are in a good sleep? Did the Lord's work? <laughs> I'm talking about drooling, mouth open, tired type of sleep. You ever been so tired you wake up in the exact same position you went to sleep in? <laughs> I'm talking about that type of sleep, really good sleep, and you get woken up to some, this is the day. So I did what you probably would do. I moved out. <laughs> I got up. It's a true story. I got up. I brushed my teeth. I washed my face. I threw on a snapback. I went to an apartment. I filled out the application. I turned in my pay stubs, and that weekend, I got the key. <laughs> it's a true story. I didn't move everything over yet, but I just brought my little bed and I said, it is better for me to stay in 600 square feet and have insured sleep than for me to wake up to some this is. <laughs> True story, y'all. But this weird thing started to happen shortly days after, weeks after I moved out. I began to notice my apartment start getting dirty. The, uh, see, I feel so judged. Why y'all judging me? Okay, since y'all want to play, okay, let's talk about the back seat of your car, though. Let's talk about your trunk. Don't come for me. Let's talk about your closet, though. Okay, don't throw a stone that will be thrown at you if your back seat we can all see, too. Okay, don't judge me. <laughs> I, I start noticing that my apartment was dirty. I'm standing there Friday, like, how did my apartment get like this? Drive it home, pastor. How did my mind get like this? H how did my lust get like this to where my freak is running deep? H how did it get like this? How did my attitude get like this? How did my words get like this? How did I get depressed like this? And then as I begin to evaluate, it was... The pair of drawers that, these are real drawers, they clean though. <laughs> they, yeah, they clean. <laughs> it was the pair of drawers that I left on the floor on Monday. 
it was the pair of shoes after I left the gym hooping that I left on the floor on Tuesday. It was the towel fresh out the shower. Do y'all use the same towel or y'all switch every time? No judgment. Don't answer that. It was the towel that I used fresh out the shower that I left on the couch on Wednesday. It, it was the shirt that I had on on Thursday that I just left on the floor. And it was the sock. Y'all ever can't find your socks? I got a lot of socks. There's flowers on. I have a lot of socks. It, it was the sock that I left. I don't leave on the coffee table. It's the sock that I left on the floor. And I recognized the genesis of the routine looked like this. What small things are you overlooking and wondering, how did I get like this? I'm trying to get you to see the destructive pattern starts with something as small as a sock. It starts as small as something like, watch next episode. It's 4 o'clock in the morning now. It starts with something as small as clearing your history this time. It starts small. It's not the flood that we should look at. It's the puddle. You see? It's the puddle that we should observe. It's the observing on Tuesday, my house is starting to get filthy. It's not, it's not always just what they did that time. It's the hundred bad decisions that led up to that great fall of that leader. It's, it's the fear of the fire, but overlooking the smoke. What's the fire? The fire is the act, but the smoke is the dismissal of a standard or a principle because you want something so bad. And then I recognized I'm mad at the wrong thing. I recognize here I am upset at my mother, but I'm, I'm producing the same exact atmosphere in a different location. This is why sometimes when people get mad at the word, I'm going to find me a new church. I'm going to find me a new pastor. I'm going to find me a new community. Okay, a new place does not veto God's old instruction. You can find a new pastor, a new minister, but whatever God told you to do in 2017, he's going to still be telling you the same thing in 2023. I'm trying to help us. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not that God doesn't hear you. The problem is your routine. Maybe it's not that spiritual disciplines and coming to church doesn't work. Could it be the routine of not sticking with it? I'm trying to help you forgive somebody. You're mad at a person, but I'm trying to get you to see it's the routine that you have that caused for you to entertain the person in the first place. The routine that I have caused me to entertain the toxicity. It was the routines in me, not just in them. The routine. Somebody say the routine. The routine, the routine, the routine. So many of us are mislabeling a routine as chemistry talk man we're mislabeling a routine as chemistry no we're just we're just so close that's my boy no y'all just have the same routines this is just my girl no we just have the same routines what happens if you move the routine the routine the problem is in the routine 
So perhaps the reason 2021 and 2022 look like twins is because the year changed, but the routine didn't. My people are frustrated because they're not getting results. Why are they not getting results, Father? Their routines haven't changed. The problem or the power is in the routine. The gym membership for our problems. You know what makes our problems buff? What makes our problems swole is the ignorance of a routine. This is so good, y'all. What makes our problems strong? is the ignorance of a routine. Now, the reason we're here is because we want to learn about Christ. And I think some of us haven't recognized the way that trauma and pain is passed down from generation to generation undetected is because it has gone under the umbrella of a normalized routine. Because we repeat what we can't discern is a broken routine. Yet mistakes can hurt you, but routines can destroy you. It's routine. It's the routine. And since we are here striving to grow in Christ, we're not just Christians who like Christ, but we're Christians who are trying to be Christ-like. If we look at Christ, we can observe that he himself had a routine. Because the power or the problem is in the routine. I want to give you several passages of Scripture. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. If you don't have it, it's projected for you on the screen. I'm going to read quite a few verses, so I'm not going to necessarily wait for you to get there. You can just write these Scriptures down. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says, but Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. And prayed. Emphasis on the word often. Often. The power or the problem is in the routine. And from this passage of scripture, we're seeing that our king had a routine. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. It says, he, speaking of Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the church or He went into the temple or synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. Emphasis on as was his custom. I'm trying to get us to see the problem or the power is in the routine. And from these two passages of scripture, we could already see our king had a, y'all talk to me, routine. Luke chapter 22, verse 39, it says, Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. Emphasis on two parts. First part, as was his custom, and second part, and his disciples also followed him. Because the genesis of discipleship is for you to show other people a kingdom routine. Y'all seen this? It was his custom, and the disciples followed him. Therefore, the genesis, the main principle of discipleship is for me to show you a kingdom routine. The power or the problem is in the, talk to me, routine. Give you more Bible. Luke chapter 19, verse 47. 
It says, and he was teaching. What's that word? Y'all talk to me. What's that word? And he was teaching daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him. Why? Because mediocrity never celebrates excellence. (laughs) Mediocre people hate excellence. (laughs) Jesus was taking the attention off of them and showing them, you don't necessarily need the Pharisees, you need me. Notice, though, he was teaching daily. The power or the problem is in the, talk to me, routine. This passage of Scripture is showing us our king had a routine. Now look at this, John chapter 18, verse 1. It says, when he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden And he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place. (laughs) Why did Judas know the place? Because Jesus had, what's that word? Often met with his disciples there. This is powerful church family because this shows me the devil knows your routine too. (laughs) He knows your routine. In fact, he's like, I know the type of man that they like. I know the type of woman they like. So let me send them something from me to steal, kill, or destroy their peace because I could just look at their routine. I know the exact words that need to be texted to them, DM'd to them, or left in their email, email to throw their whole day off. The reason I'm going to do it on today is because I've noticed their routine. I know how to get them on one in the day, at night, During the morning, because I've studied their routine. I know what they normally drink when they're discouraged, because I've watched their routine. I know the type of people they call when they're going through, because I've noticed their routine. So the enemy many times will notice your routine and replay your routine to keep you in the same thing. Devils. No, your routine. And if anybody's like, okay, the Bible doesn't say that. It says Judas. Okay, I got you. I try to create sermons and think about devil's advocate. All right. John chapter 13, verse 27. It says, uh, as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. See, I don't want a slow devil. I want a quick one. Whatever, if you're going to betray me, do it quickly. Don't lie behind my back for years. Do it quickly. If you're going to be fraudulent, don't play with my emotions. Do it quickly. And on the flip side of that, God was also telling Satan, I give you permission to do what you're going to do. But you just got a weekend to do it. (laughs) He's so boss where he's like, devil, you got a curfew. I'm noticing from these passages of scripture that there is a routine. So here's the quintessential question. Which routine have you abstracted? Ones that have been provided to you by hell are routines modeled by the king. That's from this text. We see Jesus had a routine of teaching. He had a routine of community. 
He had a routine of discipleship. He had a routine of prayer. What is your routine? What is your routine? I want to speak around this thought from this subject for just a few moments on this New Year's Day. This time, I want to experience it. This time, I want to experience it. And the reason we went this direction is because I could preach to you, I could prophesy to you and tell you this is going to be the year that you do this and God's going to do this for your life. But the Holy Spirit wants you to hear the winning season is tied to your routine. So we can shout, this will be the year I win. But not if your routine stays the same. Can I get all of us to say this? I know it's getting awkward and you weren't expecting this, but I want you to produce fruit. I'm just at this place. I can't speak for everybody else. I'd rather be slapped by truth than kissed by a lie. Tell me the truth. So on today, I'm going to give you a deposit on how 2023 truly can be your best year. And it starts with the routine awareness. And where do we abstract our routine from? The king. Everybody say this if you would and watch no line. Can you put this in the room? Father, help me. Everybody, make it personal. Say, Father, help me, Father, help me. To, apply to apply kingdom routines to my lifestyle. My lifestyle. I, want I want to produce fruit. To produce fruit. One more time. Father, help me, Father, help me. To, apply to apply kingdom routines to my lifestyle. My lifestyle. I, want I want to produce fruit. This year, I want to experience it. But it's going to start with your routine. 48 hours ago, when we were together, those of us who either watched online or in the house, we learned for our pre-New Year's Eve service that new beginnings always require old endings. If you want to truly say hello to something new, that's always going to require for you to say goodbye to something old. Because the blessing of entry is tied to the sacrifice of exit. You want to walk into God's like, great. I want you to walk into too. But there's something that you're going to have to exit from if you want to walk into it. And then we preached from the Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter 3. We just had church. And Paul was like, listen, I need everybody to understand something. I'm not perfect. I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't mastered this thing. But one thing I do have, I do know how to forget those things which are behind. In other words, Paul was saying, listen, I know how to not to invite to my next what needs to stay in my past. Like that attitude that I had, I'm not inviting that into 2023. Somebody say, you can't come with me. <clears throat> You can't come with me. I'm not inviting that petty, not into 2023. It was there in 2022. I've learned how to not invite to my next what needs to stay in my past. I'm not inviting profanity into 2023. No, because I cannot speak the language of the kingdom and the language of hell at the same time. I can't do it. That's staying in 2022. I'm not being distracted this year because all relationships fall in one of these two categories. It is either a divine connection or a demonic distraction and I do not have time to be loyal to somebody else's demons I don't have time for it 
I can't overcome a devil that I enjoy playing with. Not in 2023. No, this will be the year I believe. This will be the year I believe God is who he says he is, and he will do what he said he will do. Y'all have to excuse me for a moment. I just told myself 2023 is going to be the year I talk myself into it. I have to recognize I believe I'm the head and not the tail. I believe I'm above and not belief. I believe I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. I believe that. I believe that my past doesn't disqualify me because my God ensures that my destiny is greater than my disaster. I just firmly believe that this will be the year. Somebody shout, I believe. believe. And although that is great that we believe, and it's great that we say, you're not invited with me. Preach that. (laughs) I have a sneaky suspicion. But I'm not the only one that crossed over into 2023, and you don't want some things to cross over with you. And it's not just you shouting in church that's going to ensure that they don't cross over. It's going to require a fight. Are there any fighters in the room? It's going to require a fight. I might get hit. I might even go down on the canvas, but I'm going to get back up. It's going to require a fight to change the routine. I just have to echo this church family. It's going to require a fight for us to not dig up in doubt what we planted in faith. It's going to require a fight. It's going to require a fight for me to trust God's timing even when I think he's moving too slow. It's going to be a fight for me to not create my own Ishmael when I know that God has called me to have Isaac. It's going to take a fight. It's going to take a fight for me to believe and know that in the middle of my trials, in the middle of my storm, that I have an all-sufficient Savior that's not just watching me, but he's with me right in the middle of the turbulence, walking on the turbulent waves. And our God is so awesome where he won't just walk on the turbulent waves. He will tell you, come walk on it with me. Because turbulence is only given to those who are flying. Did y'all hear what I just said? Turbulence is only given to those who are flying. The question on this Sunday afternoon is which one have you been looking at? The turbulence or the altitude? Which one are you looking at? When you look at the turbulence for so long, you don't even see. You know what? If that would have happened in 2021, if that would have happened, that would have rattled my faith. That would have took me out. If they would have left me and lied on me like that, I would have lost my faith. But now I'm still here. Now I'm still pressing. It's going to require a fight. Not against people. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's a fight to stop normalizing dysfunctional routines. It's it's a fight to stop hanging on to fruitless routines routines just because you're used to it doesn't mean it's healthy doesn't mean it's healthy and God is trying to give us the key you want to overcome it starts with you walking around and notice this is how I got here see deliverance is not just stopping the act no deliverance is discovering how it started See, because whenever you come out of a thing due to consequence versus reprogramming, the enemy can always tempt you with old meals. 
This is why we keep going back because we changed location or we changed the year, but our routine didn't. And so the enemy is like, you can shout. <laughs> you can dance all you want to, but I still have them by a routine hold. Routine. The problem of the power is in the routine. I want to help us. I want to help us to ensure that we will be fruitful this year. And it starts by this revelation. The power or the problem is in the routine. Why do you keep saying that? Because I want it to stick to your head like adhesive. I want it to be in your heart, branded on your heart, so as you're going through the year, you can remember the problem or the power is in the routine. The key to your spiritual growth, or watch this, the chain to your stronghold is in your routine. It's in the routine. It's in the routine. We are either stuck because of what we keep doing daily, or we are growing because of what we are doing daily. Because the power or the problem is in the routine. The issue is not always Satan. We give him too much credit. The issue is not always how they did me. It's not always people. The issue is the routine of self-sabotage. This is so good, y'all. Just like me, I was mad at my mother, but not my routine. And a lot of us are blaming the devil, and the devil's like, I'm not even bothering you. <laughs> I'm not even bothering me. Yeah, the devil's so busy. No, I'm busy because you're giving me so much work. <laughs> it's your routines that our own demise. Satan knows if I have them in a routine, I don't have to revisit them until four or five years later because their routine is going to steal and kill, destroy stuff for themselves. So I don't even have to bother you. I don't have to test you. I don't have to distract you. Your routine is killing you. It's your routine. 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 Our routines are either the elevator to our spiritual growth or the undertaker to our spiritual growth. Please hear me. A changed life begins by us changing something we do daily and repeating it tomorrow. Nothing changes if nothing changes. I need to say that one more time. A changed life begins. By the power of the Holy Spirit, a changed life begins when we change something that we're doing daily and repeat it tomorrow. Because nothing changes if nothing changes. The problem or the power is in the routine. What is a routine? I'm glad you asked. A routine is a sequence of actions regularly followed that are cultivated by discipline or trauma, ignorance, and or slothfulness. One more time. What is a routine? A routine is a sequence of actions regularly followed. I mean, you do this often. That is cultivated by your discipline or by trauma, ignorance, and or slothfulness. Meaning, I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with because I'm so disciplined because of trauma because I don't know or because I'm lazy. That's it. It's a routine. Or if I put my foot on the gas a little more, mm, a routine is a commitment to the same. 
Y'all want to grow, right? I'm trying to help you. A routine is a commitment to the same. There might be something I have to be committed to the same thing for this season or sometimes the same thing for a lifestyle. Now, this is highly problematic because my generation and the generation after me and even before me, we despise the same. We love different, so we get different lips, we get different hips, we get different eye colors, we get different men, we get different women. Sometimes we make a different gender, we get a different house, we get a different career, we get a different car, we get different long hair, we get different short hair. It is the obsession with different. But what if I told you that biblical faithfulness is commitment to the same? So no wonder our husbands can't be faithful to the same wife. No wonder our wives can't be faithful to the same husband. No wonder we can't be faithful to the same ministry. No wonder we don't like the same place because we despise the same. But let me mess you up. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. If you look at it, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Don't let people lie to you. I want somebody unpredictable. No, you want somebody who's the same. He's going to come home to the same house. He's going to raise the same children. He's going to keep the same vows. We're going to pray to the same God. We're going to worship him the same day. The same thing I did yesterday. I'm going to do the same thing on tomorrow and the same thing after that and the same thing after that. The fruit is tied to being committed to the same. But what do you do when you're exposed to different every day by a scroll? Every day we're exposing ourselves to massive loads of different. And so what God is trying to do different in your life, you can't see it because you're so caught up with I'm in the same place. And here's a perspective for you. Maybe you're not stuck. Maybe you're stable. <laughs> so good. Maybe you're not stuck. You're stable. The fact that you are the same Yesterday, today, and forevermore, that kind of means you got like. You can predict Jerry's going to have the same personality that he had today. He's going to have the same one tomorrow. He's going to be telling me the truth the same way he did in 2020. He's going to do the same thing in 2023. God's going to give me grace the same way he did yesterday. He's going to give me grace the same on today. Why is it we want God to be the same, but we hate the same? <laughs> God, the same way you did it for David, do it for me. The same way you did it for Ruth, do it for me. And God's like, can I get same too? The same way you said you need me at the altar, can I get that same petition tonight? The same way of your honeymoon phase of Christianity when you were reading your Bible and you had like 50 days of streaks and you version Bible app. Can I get the same commitment when you go through a storm? Can I get the same commitment when you get laid off? Can I get the same commitment when you get the raise? Because some people I can't give you success or you will lose your sense. <laughs> Biblical faithfulness is the same. Committed to the same. Now, the flip side of this is God does have new, but you'll only get the same if you stay the same. Now, I read this passage so many times, and I don't know why I didn't see this, but I want you all to see this. Numbers chapter 21. Is this good? Yes. 
Numbers chapter 21, verse 5, speaking about my favorite people, the Israelites. And they begin to speak against Moses and God. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. They complained. They complained. There is nothing to eat and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. They just said there was nothing to eat. I don't know how I missed this. They just said there's nothing to eat. And then they're like, we hate this horrible manner. Y'all ever be like, man, I need to go out to eat. What you got at the house? Ain't nothing to eat there. We just cooked. <laughs> right. Ain't nothing there. I hate this horrible manner. What are they saying? I hate the same. Why are they saying this? Give you more Bible. Exodus chapter 16, verse 35. It says, so the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years. Woo! <laughs> Commitment to the same. Maybe this is why we can't keep the same marriage. Maybe this is why we can't eat the same meal prep. Ooh, Lord. Maybe this is why. Okay, let me get back to the text. It says... So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now, this is very, very interesting because they ate the same thing because their routine was the same thing. Stay with me. They weren't supposed to eat manna. For 40 years. But because their complaining was the same. Gosh, I'm trying to help us. Because their routine was the same. It had to take 40 years from them to even experience milk and honey. Which just means Canaan was a land that was agriculturally rich. Now, if we do our research, we find out it was supposed to take 11 days. 11 days. I want y'all to see this. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2. It starts off by saying, normally it takes only 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by the way of Mount Seir, but 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt. What are you eating the same? Because you're staying the same. God said, I got a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm ready to blow your mind. I'm ready to take you to a new level. The only reason you're eating manna and the only reason you constantly keep consuming this is because you're the same. I don't want to just keep feeding you the same, but you won't change. Wow. I'm the same yesterday, today, and, f- and forevermore. I'm trying to upgrade you, but you like the same complaining. And then you complain about God's same word. I want to hear a fresh revelation. You don't need a fresh one. <laughs> know what yours is? The routine of complaining is limiting your access. And you're going to keep hearing it. The routine of complaining, the, ru- the routine of slothfulness keeps it to where nobody's calling your line. Keeps it to where your side hustle doesn't take off. It's your laziness. It's the routine of an excuse. So many of us, we are window shopping at our calling but purchasing our excuses. 
I want to take you to a next level. But you keep window shopping at your calling, window shopping at your assignment, window shopping at your gift. But you purchase the excuse that I'm not good enough. You purchase the excuse I don't have the proper equipment. You purpose purchase the excuse nobody's listening to me. I'm trying to help us, church family. And God is starting this year off prophetically telling you, if you want entrance to your new land, if you want entrance to your promise, stop the same routine of complaining. You don't have to eat manna for 40 years. It's supposed to be just 11 days. 11 days. So let me give you some routines that will help. And then I'm going to get out your way. First one, how about this year? Let's start a routine of first and last. The routine of first and last. Give God the first of all you have and the last of all you have. Give him the first of your day. This is Bible all day. Psalms 141, Psalms 143, verse 8. The psalmist says, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. The routine of first and last. Before you grab your phone, give God your first focus. It's small. Do that today and repeat it every day. Commitment to the same, the first and the last. Where do you get this biblical principle from? Popular scripture, Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Sidebar, scornful people are always seated. It's a whole sermon. I ain't got time for that. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates first and last, day and night. And when we do this, what happens? Then he shall be like a tree. That's what? Planted. So powerful, y'all. Planted. I want to experience fruit. Okay, once you're planted, you know what happens? Then you will bring forth fruit in its season. And your leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. But it starts with first and last. The first and last, the routine of first and last, causes for you to become planted. I want to see fruit? Give me your first. Before you close your eyes at night, talk to me. All these dreams I keep having, talk to me. Talk to me. After you have the routine of first and last, number two, have a routine of preparation. A routine of preparation. Because order is God's plan to simplify our life. A lot of us, that's your word, order. Get some order to your life. If you look at the creation narrative, God's brilliance exposes us to the pattern that he's a God of order. Before he ever created man, he made preparations. Man's on a sixth day. Every other day was preparation. Somebody say preparation. Preparation. I said, okay, I need the sun. I need all the plants. They're going to have something going on called photosynthesis that has to be there because when Adam gets there, he's going to release off uh, carbon dioxide from consuming it from the plants. This is going to be how the circle of life happens. God is actually showing us a picturesque portrait on how to get him to move. Give me space. 
give me space that can sustain what I'm going to send. I'm not going to breathe in Adam until I first make preparations that can sustain Adam. What are you asking God to give you that your character can't sustain? This is so good, Herbert. What are you asking God to do that your emotionalism can't sustain? What are you asking God to sin that your sensitivity can't sustain? Let's let's work on that. Prepare that. Give me something to work with. Prepare. Practical. Get the gas the night before. Okay. Have your clothes picked out the day before. All right? Make the meal prep on Sunday. This is so practical, y'all. But it's the preparation. You won't stop at McDonald's and Starbucks if you cooked at home Sunday. And if you still stop, now we have to deal with discipline. Some of us say, I'm not disciplined, but truth is you have no preparation. You will be disciplined if you prepared. You have enough discipline not to stop if it's in your back seat. Preparation. The routine of preparation. Order is God's plan to simplify our life. Number three, the routine of grinding. This is our work. Routine of grinding. Why is this important? Because grinding is our part we play to ensure we experience due season. One more time, grinding. It is our part that we play to ensure due season. Somebody say grind. Grind. Due season. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, be not weary in well-doing, or let's put, be not weary in working the principle. Be not weary in grinding, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you faint not. Your grind is to ensure you're going to experience the due. Because all Christians, you're supposed to have five seasons, not four. And the only reason a lot of us haven't experienced our due season is because we have no routine of grinding. No routine of work, working. David probably looks silly in the pasture just doing this a lot. He probably looks silly. People probably laughed at him doing this a lot. But you didn't have to deal with my bear. You didn't have to deal with my lion. And you're not going to have to fight my Goliath. So while people criticize you for practicing, for people criticizing you for working, let them laugh. Never allow somebody to cause you to question your grind who doesn't have your vision. God didn't give them the vision. He gave it to you. Noah probably looked crazy talking about, it's going to rain, building in 30 days past. It's going to rain, I promise you. He probably looked crazy until it started raining. Don't allow the comments. Remember, scornful people are always seated. Don't allow the comments, your mama, scornful people, to talk you out of what God gave you the eyes to see. I'm faithful to my commitment. Why are you getting all that therapy? God told me to heal. Okay? I didn't come from a healthy family. He's going to ensure a healthy family comes from me. All right. Number four, the routine of rest. The routine of rest. Rest shows you I trust God has the outcome. I grind. I do my part, but I'm going to rest. When you work and overwork, you're saying, I control the outcome, and God, I don't trust you. I don't trust, I don't trust that you're the same God. 
I really believe everything I do is up to me. We work because if a man doesn't work, neither shall he eat. But I'm not working out anxiety. I'm not working out of fear because at the end of the day, look to the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, but yet your heavenly Father provides for them. Are you not much more valuable than they? We rest shows God I trust you. Because burnout is not always because we're doing so much, but rather because we're trying to give from a place of nothing. The routine of rest. I'm not going to bother y'all too much with this. Number five, the routine of temple care. Okay? This could be massages, working out, brushing your teeth, (laughs) shaving. I'm serious. The routine of temple care. You are carrying the kingdom on the inside of you. Take care of it and make space for that. Make space for your gym time. Make space for your massages. That's the part of you having the routine of resting and being a wise steward over your temple. If you don't make time for your wellness, you will be forced to make time for your illness. If you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced. Sisters, on my hair, your hair getting done is not as expensive as a medical bill. All right, I'm not going to bother that today. It's New Year's. Happy New Year's. Um, Number six, we'll end with this. The routine of reciprocity. Have a routine of giving back. And be cognizant of those who don't. You are called to let the Lord use you, not people. The routine of reciprocity. Reciprocity of giving God your attention is for him to exceed your expectations. The reciprocity of giving God your attention is for him to exceed your expectations. This is how I wanted to start today, part one, by not just telling you 2023 is going to be a year you win. I want to let you know the power or the problem is in the routine. Was this good for somebody? Yeah.